0: Welcome to the Be Transformed Podcast. I am Adam Levecki, and I am here with DK Kim, and we are your hosts. Thank you for joining us. We are in this space to help you renew your mind and transform your life. We will be having helpful, honest, and hard conversations about culture and the kingdom of God. These conversations will help you to not be conformed to this current culture and will help you to grow in Christ. Jesus commanded us to preach the gospel and make disciples. This is an ongoing digital discipleship discussion. If you find this helpful, please subscribe, review, and share the Be Transformed podcast.
1: Episode 12,
0: Relevant. So I'm super excited for today's episode. Today we've got some special folks that we love with us today. So state your name, gangster.
2: Uh, this is Christian Allen from New York, but now living in New Jersey.
3: This is uh, Mark Padavano from New Jersey, um, otherwise known as White Mark. White Mark. White Mark. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell them who gave you that name, though. That was Mr. Uncle Adam. I call him Uncle Adam, and he, <laughs> he gave me that name, I think, the first day he met me. And uh, it stuck with, and I think most people know me as White Mark. So <laughs> <That's> beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it's you great. You know
0: that nicknames are endearing. Like Jesus renamed his best three friends. That's true. Thunder Brothers. The the Sons of Thunder. And Peter definitely needed a name change. He, that, that was, he meets him. This is Jesus. I love Jesus. He meets him, he says, Your name shall you are. Your name shall be. That, uh-huh. That's pretty aggressive. Yeah. But uh anyway, so that's powerful. And since we're actually this is actually the Be Transform podcast, so that's always good to actually remember. Abram to Abraham, Sarai to Sarah. Right, these are. This is an important truth that that there's a transformation. One of the one of the cool ones is since God named Isaac, he didn't have to be renamed. So it's always it's always good when God is the one who is uh, giving identity and definition to someone or something, which is what we're going to get into today with Prophet Alan because Prophet Alan... Is a unique character who I love. <laughs> I and didn't give
2: myself that name. Just for the record, I did not give myself name, Prophet Allen,
0: and it's stuck in my mind and in my phone. <laughs> uh, so, but what I love about him is his love, his sincerity. We go back a long time, which means we're starting to get old.
2: Yeah, <laughs> you're getting old, bro.
0: You're getting old. <laughs> yeah, 38. I'm a, actually I'm an adult now. So, <laughs> three kids. Yep. Anyway, so now, one wife, by the way. uh, So that's always a blessing. It's the first lady. There's no second lady or third lady. Praise the Lord. But so, Christian, we go back a long time and um, more than 12 years. We've been in a bunch of nations together. We've been, there was just another hurricane in in Puerto Rico. We were in Puerto Rico together.
2: Yep, Hurricane Maria.
0: Yep. Uh, That was awesome. Not the hurricane, but being in, in Puerto Rico with you preaching, doing the clean water, blessing people. That was awesome. It
2: was crazy.
0: Wow. It's around this time, this month. And then we were with Brother Bishop Salinas from Patterson, who we love. He's going to be on this podcast. Pattersonian Pope. Yes, the Pope of Patterson. And he's going to be on here soon. And then we were in the Dominican Republic together. Yeah. And I want White Mark to come to Haiti with me.
3: Yeah, maybe you'll come to. one day. No, yeah. yeah,
0: so we're gonna borrow you for the weekend. That's great. But yep. but this is so now. This is the thing that I want to get at with with Prophet Allen. He, <laughs> he he is what I call a globe trotter. It's like I wake up, he's somewhere else. I, I go to the bathroom, he's somewhere else. I'm like, <laughs> what in the world? This guy is is on the move, and so that's a blessing for him. But we're gonna kind of tap into some of those experiences and some of what he sees God doing, so what is he encouraged about, but also what is he concerned about? Because he's, the thing that you, when you get to know him for who he really is, he's a very loving and caring person who's actually really concerned about people. And so he actually really cares about people, like deeply. And um, compassion is hard work. It's a, it really wears you out when you care about people. And I, I know that because I'm a local pastor. So when I go out and preach, I come home, I'm energized, I feel great. Man, I come home from rescue church, I feel like I got beat up, you know, because <laughs> I just feel so tired because, you know, you know what people are going through. You know the struggle. You, you know the smile is yeah. not fully genuine. You know a whole bunch of stuff that's happening. You know stuff that people don't know that you know. Uh, so it's like,
2: really. You, you bring it home with you. Yeah, it's, you it's not it easy.
0: So you but you're someone who really loves people and and as a friend, a loyal friend, a generous friend and this is the type of guy that if he's your friend, he is actually your friend. Yeah. Which is beautiful. So Christian, you you've been around and people can't really see you. But you is it have, because I'm so tall? No, it's simply <laughs> because we're on a podcast so they can't see you. So you look young, but you have a lot of experience because you've been in the ministry a long time. Mm -hmm. So people, I always watch, because people don't know what to do with him because he comes in messing around, joking around. You know, I remember that time you're dancing with a fat old lady in the Dominican Republic pool. I I don't remember that. (laughs) I don't remember that. But people don't know. And then he turns it on and pulls out the heater and and the Lord really starts speaking through him and people are like, whoa, like they, they don't, didn't expect it like at that level so you've been traveling a lot what are you let's talk about first what are you encouraged about as it as it relates to the global church Uh,
2: what i'm encouraged about also scares me and it's that america is losing its platform as the main mission movement around the world and I'm encouraged about it, but it scares me because I believe that America is blessed because of the amount of missionaries that we send and how much we support missions around the world. But I'm also encouraged because I believe that America needs a reset in his church and the kind of church that we're producing is not the kind of church that's in the Bible. So uh, agreed. that's what I'm encouraged about and that's what also scares me. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that was a good introduction to this podcast. That's great, that's awesome. He just dropped a bomb on (laughs) us right away. Yeah, Yeah, sorry, sorry.
0: So no, it's awesome. Um, I think what's, if we're honest, I'll just be honest, you know. I think one of the things that's honestly a little scary about this is that the downward spiral of America will eventually touch our way of life. And I find that people, um, people have, it takes a while for people to become responsive. But I personally think that when our way of life is profoundly threatened, like our abundance, our options, our prosperity, our comfort, I think that that could be the thing that God uses not that he sent but the thing that he uses to wake up a sleeping bride you know the church um, I think that there's really two models of church that are dominant in the earth today and today even after we, we get out of this we're, we're going to a life group and I'm going into Ephesians 4 in the life group and it, there's there's, there's in, in the Ephesians 4 mandate there is the apostle, the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist for the equipping of the saints. And when you look at that, it's basically training. But we've went from training to entertaining. And I think that, that it's a completely different model. And, and I don't think that we shouldn't have excellence. I don't think that we shouldn't be good on audio-visual. I'm not, I'm not against that. I'm not. But I think when all of our efforts are put in that direction, it's a misdirection of effort, energy, um, manpower, resources, money. It becomes something that doesn't produce what Jesus died for.
2: I think it's a mishandling of anointing. And it's a mishandling of, of the kingdom of God. It's using people who are called to disciple others and using them to entertain people. And I think it's very dangerous. And I, and I
0: see it coming to an end. I see it coming to an end. Very soon, yeah. That's awesome. So we're gonna we're gonna pass the ball here to White Mike White Mark. White Mike. <laughs> white White Mark. And we're gonna ask White
3: Mark about his white privilege. Because oh, he, oh he works goodness. for a Spanish guy, so does that, a, a, a half, how did that half white half privilege that's work half I thank God that he's only half Puerto Rican and yeah, the, other he has the other half is Italian. So, so you can accept it. I get half his craziness. That's it. <laughs> yeah, come on. so which, your which parents can
0: accept it. Huh? They he's accept half Italian. it.
3: They accept it because he's got the Italian. He's all right. He's nah. a paisan. He's great to work with. I gotta
0: tell you a funny story. I was <laughs> getting ready to buy a car and I was looking at an Audi. Really? And this guy's a long time ago. This guy looks at me and goes, "Hey, you a paisan?" And I said, I am. He goes, I can't sell you an Audi, man. They're no good when they get high mileage. You got to get a Benz or a Beamer. <laughs> oh,
3: my goodness. <laughs>
0: <That's> so, <laughs> so anyway, this is the thing. This is why I have a tremendous amount of respect for White Mark. I want to declare that over the airwaves because he's becoming someone in the kingdom.
2: Yeah, no, that's true. Le- 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 can, I, can I share with you why? He, um, he, he's respected in other nations when I walk intonations they actually asked me how's mark doing they actually asked me how white mark is doing they'll say how's mark and they're and they and they say thank you for him and and other other ministries literally they're this i think just recently a pretty big ministry uh one of their pastors was here this weekend and uh and when they left they were like you know they were so blessed by by his service that they Mm -hmm. even sent them a a pretty nice offering so it's like he's becoming like someone who people know and recognize yeah and and what i love about him is that he doesn't look for it That's He's awesome. not i had an assistant who was waiting for um who was waiting for a moment to to see like to shine to, no i don't know if he wanted to shine but i think he was waiting for you know like uh like the, the time that we would be out there on tv and and in these big places and, there, and he was so excited about the big names and it's so refreshing to walk with someone who could care less about who is in the room. And uh, and that's definitely Mark. So I, I, I bless his life.
0: Yep. We love you, man. We're, I am pro you. you know, Christian knows that I'm not really someone that likes people. No, you don't like people. And I love people, but it's like, I don't have to like everybody. I just really love you t- him. You and tolerate like a lot him. of people. I, like, I love him because I just feel his love, his sincerity. And this is the thing to me that really speaks a lot about him, which we have to get back to. He had a great career opportunity, a good, lucrative thing, secure. And he's about to get married. And he chose the better thing early. So the, the Lord is not going to be wasting your life. You're not going to be wasting your life because you took a you did a gutsy thing early. And this is what my pastor said to me. He said, Adam, you're learning in your 30s, your early 30s, what I learned in my 50s. Wow. And when you step out like that, you're positioning yourself for everything God has for you. And you're setting the foundation for your family, which is amazing. So I'm totally pro-white Mark. So now you just get saved in in, in Prophet Allen's ministry. You're here. God is, you know, you're, you're, you're you're getting nurtured here. You're growing. You're serving. So over the last year or two, what have been some of the things that you've learned in the context
3: of serving? Of course. Um, yeah, so as um, as he mentioned, I got saved two years ago, and this was the first church that I came to, and um, it was humbly saying like I got catapulted into the kingdom. It was literally like I just got slingshotted into this, to where I am now, and I've learned so much through him about having uh, crazy faith, radical faith, and how to be a servant to others, how to serve others humbly, and uh, it's just... What was the question again?
0: I'm oh, sorry. No, you're doing fine. This is, what have you learned? <laughs> this is his first podcast. <laughs> He's like, nervous. Like, <laughs> He's awesome. i just blanking out. <laughs> I'm happy I'm right here. Out. Thank when you. When I saw it. you, he had a, a We See Jesus t-shirt on. So that yeah. activated my feelings. I do wear it. It yeah, wasn't just it I do wear it. I do wear it. I felt incredible. Yeah. 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 And and you completed that outfit. Yeah. I had to give
2: him my shirt because he wanted it.
0: You know, I to be honest, I was like, because I have a few hats left. And I've been like holding on to them, you know? And I just needed to give him that hat because it matches. It's all about matching. That's one thing he's learning from you, and he's helping you too.
2: Yep, he likes wearing my essential shirts. That's
3: I right, do. I do. Yeah, I take all this clothing
2: when I'm when I'm not home. I watch the the live streams and I see essential sweaters. I'm like, oh, I have that, and it's Mark. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's mine.
3: <laughs> Smart kid, is it?
2: He doesn't buy them. He just uses them. <laughs> sure. He, that's true. He, he can't. That's family he can't. though. Yep, yeah,
3: that's it. No, it's kingdom. So that's I wish I fit his shoe size, but no. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. He's yeah, got right. some heat.
0: I know. It's just he's too got small. some heat. Yep. So, so that's good. I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> so now, what are we talking about? What have you learned? So, what have you learned learning? serving
3: besides sneakers? <laughs> besides having cool drip. Um, I guess one of the greatest things that I learned was learning how to put others first before myself. So when I serve others, I think more about what I can do to benefit them and to make them feel welcomed and put aside everything that... You know, I might be going through throughout the day and everything that maybe I desire to do. But learning to put other people's first and learning to create an environment where people are welcomed and they feel um, at home, they feel like their family. That's really one of the greatest ways that I've learned to serve others is to take care of them and and be there for them and, and just, you know, be that that welcoming environment that that they look for so that they want to come back so that they want to be with us more. And
0: yep, the fact checkers have found that this indeed is true because i remember when i came here he's like you want starbucks he you know i'm like man this guy's just started he already knows we got you got folks that have been in church five years and they're, they're like late i mean that's another message yeah, i'm not gonna be saying guys, names, I, I may i may
2: be hispanic but i'm not i'm always about being on time
0: that's important yeah I mean, you can't meet with winners and be late. No. That'd true. be the last time you ever meet with them. Yeah. I, I've tried to explain this to people. Like, anyway. I'm, super, I'm super
2: hardcore in this community with, um, with serving. I'm super hardcore with generosity, too. If you're not a generous person, I don't want you around me. Yeah. Uh, I'm super hardcore in treating others with love. But I'm also super hardcore in being very direct and intentional. Like those are the things that this house has to have. We are a generous community, a community that serves. Yep. But we're very intentional in everything we do and direct. Amen. You're going to hear it if you do something wrong. And you're gonna be you're gonna be championed to do it better. And if you don't want to, then we're gonna help you find a new location. <laughs> That's just the way it is. No yes or no? Yeah, 100%. No, it's the way it is. I will recommend you another community. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Super important that we don't I hope to be able to
0: throw people out one day
2: No, yeah, we don't waste time
0: That's awesome, Yeah, that's exciting You know, because here's the thing The thing is like, if you don't take Jesus seriously What is it that you do take seriously? It's like, you have someone who died for you Who bled for you, who suffered for you And you don't take him seriously So what is it that you're serious about? To me, it just doesn't I always
1: say Christianity is a weird hobby to have (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah yeah
1: yeah
2: well, I, I think that we, we're learning uh, our generation is learning the, the divide of, of what a disciple is and what a multitude is. The multitudes are going after the uh, the miracles today, the worship set, the lights, the cameras. the disciples are going after the relationship and they're willing to hear from their master what they're doing wrong. They're willing to 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 deal with the realities of you know of what they need to do right. And I feel that we're, we're, we're seeing a great divide. And I love it. Um, one of the things that God has been speaking to me is the separation of the wheat and tares in the church. Uh-oh. And how the tares are proud and they're they're looking to stand out. But the wheat, as you can see, if mm-hmm. you look at a picture of it, it bows. they bow their heads. And when it's time for um, the, the sickle to be mm-hmm. swung, it will cut off all the tares that are high and proud. And the wheat will be saved because their heads are bowed. And so I look at this. I believe that God is calling those who are serving versus those who are trying to shine. And I, I I think that the next move in America and the next move in the Western world is going to be more of communities of people that are discipling than communities of people that are trying to entertain. So going back to what we're talking about, this is what, what Mark is living is what I'm trying to produce across the board. And I know that I can't do that by speaking on a Sunday. I could only do that by living an example. I think our, our greatest preaching is the example of our lifestyle, not the words that come out of
0: our mouths. Yeah. I mean, we're sitting here at a table and the table is a place of transformation because a table is a place where people are eye level and people can share what's really going on. Not just a smile. Okay, brother, sure. But in reality, hey man, this is my struggle.
2: You know what? I learned that from you. I remember um and I remember hearing you talking about when you're speaking try to be at the same floor level with people because it's it's we're not a place of a you're not we're not in a place of a hierarchy here we're in a place yeah. of of being with connected to the people and 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 one of the things that I've learned in this season is that uh, in the kingdom when Jesus was speaking it wasn't so much of a discourse it wasn't so much of what we see in we see in the Greek community which was a man would be speaking and they would all be listening it was actually more of like the synagogue when they will all be discussing the torah and i feel that the greatest move that we can see in in the kingdom before jesus comes is a discussion of the word versus just a a listening to it see Mm -hmm. yeah so
0: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean that that's how you learn you you learn by asking questions debating yep and you also learn by acting on yep what you've actually been taught because action solidifies learning. So you don't really know something until you do it and you've done it and you keep doing it and you do it when it's convenient and you do it when it's difficult and you do it when it's a blessing and you do it when it feels like it's a curse Mm -hmm. and you just do it because as the disciples of Jesus, you're following him and you're doing what he did. And I think the other thing too is that in America we have an authority issue because we got a lot of daddy issues. So the issue there, is that you cannot, we don't serve Jesus on our terms. It's not Burger King, have it your way. It's not like when I feel like it, how I feel like it. It's like he has an unconditional yes from us, and we, we through faith and by faith, we acknowledge him and we walk that out. It's like a Navy SEAL. A Navy SEAL doesn't go, oh, well, um, you know, I don't, I don't really want to go to Afghanistan this weekend. No, they sign up and then they say you're jumping out of an airplane. <laughs> you know, you're flying in, you're you're jumping out of a helicopter tomorrow at 0600. It's not like, okay, we're going to take a vote. This is what's happening. This is what you signed up for. And I think that that type of understanding is really important in our generation because it seems like everyone is operates on feelings. What's convenient, what works for me. It's interesting. Some people only do what benefits them. I'm like, that's a very interesting ministry you have. It seems that everything you do benefits you. <laughs> anyway, that's another message. But so what else have you learned, uh, Mark, as as you're serving and as you're learning?
3: Um, Chris had mentioned the generosity thing, and that's one of the, one of the, probably one of the greatest things that I have learned is how to be generous and um, being able to give to others, even when I haven't seen it, even in my own possession and, uh, I've seen that giving to others just produces and it bears more fruit than um, I had before even making a decision to bless somebody else. So um, with tithing, even beyond tithing, going beyond the offering, but just being able to reach my hand out and be able to pay for somebody's meal or pay for somebody's coffee or just the little things that add up um, that can make somebody else's day, that can open an opportunity to to give somebody the gospel, to let them know Jesus, um, Yep, it really, Creates a space where um, you can That's create awesome. conversation, you know, get to know people. It's we don't day. focus
2: on money here. It's just like one yeah. of the things that we don't do is we don't focus on money here. Yep, like we don't even I don't even blink when it comes to money. And it's uh, I mean Mark could tell you yeah. we don't I, this will be crazy. We don't even check the accounts since probably like once a month because we we are we have seen that generosity has unlocked so much so much in the kingdom here. Like yeah. generosity, That's is awesome. Yeah
0: that's excellent in generosity is the clearest expression of goodwill everyone knows that when you're when you're generous with no strings attached that is an expression of goodwill and um you know you're talking about offering you know tithe offering tithe pete there's a lot of misconception tithe just means you're not robbing god but the scripture in the psalm says may the lord remember all your offerings so the Lord tithe just means you're not robbing him. Offerings is something that he remembers, and something that he responds to. Can, and, can, can and we God, go in there that's for a huge. minute? Can, can that's we? Big. Can,
2: you know that there's a massive movement right now that tithing is not a uh, New Testament principle. I actually agree; it's not. It's not even an Old Testament principle. It came before. It came before the law. If you look at it, tithing yep. tithing is not a New Testament or an Old Testament principle. Tithing came before the law. It's so, eternal. It's eternal, mm-hmm. and and it's not. It's not about, you know, it's not so much about the 10%, as much as it is about the responsibility of remembering God first. First. So, um, there's a lot of people out there that don't believe in it. If you don't believe in tithing, you don't walk with me. That's just how it is. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, and I, I think this is good because, you know, recently we had people, they want to they come, they want to serve. And one of the things that I tell people, and I think that you Christian will agree with me, is that it's very simple. If you're on board, there's three things that you should be committed to besides not like being sexually immoral, not stealing, not beating your wife. Like besides those, there's like a few others like time, talent, and treasure. So if I'm committed to someone or something, it has my time. My talent is the unique skill set, something that I bring to the table that moves a ball down the field. Yeah. And it has my treasure. If I'm not invested with all three of those, I am not invested Fully. So that's essential. I know old school churches, you couldn't even be on the worship team if you didn't tithe. They wouldn't have that. Where I came from, you couldn't do that. But he also gave people buildings and cars and Rolexes. and. But I mean, you know, these people don't. And, and real faith people believe it. They're not trying to, you know, hustle you for something. No, absolutely. I mean, this we this we live this. I've seen it. I bought a house with no with no with no. no, I can tell you so many crazy stories, bro. I mean,
2: you too. Yeah, you too. I think Mark, you could say how you've seen thousands of dollars
3: come in, in and out, and thousands of dollars comes in and goes right out. And we even have the story with the house, real quick. We we signed for a house without even. Um, knowing if the money was in the account, not even having the full amount, but we signed just believing that God would open that door because this is something that He wanted us to have to, you know, expand the church and to, to create a place.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'll tell you that story. It was really quick because well, people what,
3: need to hear
0: this.
2: Yeah, no, I remember um, during the pandemic, God spoke to me and said, I want you to take every dollar you have and give it to the immigrants, the people who don't who weren't getting any um pandemic money yeah and so i believe there were people who took advantage of us but we still were supposed to give that's not uh, what what happens is that it's not my job to worry about what they're doing it's my job to be the kingdom of god so um we started giving and we came to a place where we were empty there was zero nothing in our accounts and the eldership of this church uh, uh wait wait what the eldership of the community um, at that time, they're no longer existing um, for this reason. Um, they were laughing at me and mocking me for emptying out the bank accounts. But one of their leaders said, you know what? I've seen God always uh, show up with this man, so we're going to just back him up. And we had zero in our account. Literally went That's to zero. That's crazy. That day I was about to write a check and uh, take my for my personal account and, and to be able to at least pay for the bills during the pandemic. So it was like May. The pandemic came in March. It was May and I was going to write a check and um, it was Saturday. And that night there was a $40,000 check waiting for us in our mailbox. We didn't have to do anything. Everything Damn. was taken care of. Well, a couple of months later, there was a house down the block for sale and I wanted to purchase it. And when I went in to see how we can get it, uh, they said, no, it has to be purchased cash and we'd not have the cash. But I said, yeah, the, the guy says, do you have the cash? And I said, yeah, I have it, but I really didn't have it, but I had it because it's in the kingdom, but it just wasn't in my possession. <laughs> Long story short, <laughs> one day before, uh, uh, one day before, um, signing the papers, we needed the check. And if we did not have the check, we were going to lose our down payment. One day before I was still in need of what? $25,000? Something like that. Say so yeah. 25000 and I didn't have it. Um, I remember Mark's fiance sitting in this very room right now where we, are, where, where we are right now, saying to me, you know what? I've heard of the financial miracles God has done with you. I can't wait to see how he's going to show up. Wow. I remember going to my house that night, literally going, getting on my knees like an old school Pentecostal. Old school. And I said, Heavenly Father, I don't even want the building anymore. I don't want the house I need you to show up for my spiritual daughter i need you to show up for that girl she needs to see your hand and i remember going to heaven and saying god i don't care if we get the keys but i i i cannot lord i cannot see you be ashamed because she needs to see this and that same day 24 hours before um a man walks into this building doesn't even know why, and he drops a check of $25,000. That's crazy. Amazing. And when we went to deposit the money in the account, um, who was our our CFO at that moment, says, we didn't even need this money. We didn't even need it. We actually had it, and we didn't even know we had it. the the money showed up we had double of what we needed wow and when we signed the uh the agreement i I remember my hands were shaking mark was the one who went with me out of all the elders and pastors in our church he was the only one available and he's watching me sign this uh stay available he was watching me sign this paper and i'm looking at mark i'm like mark i don't know what i'm doing right now i don't even know why i have this property in my hands but the property wasn't because we needed the property. I believe the property was to show that 21-year-old girl yep. that God was faithful. Yep. And, and she's going to have that story. When I'm long gone, she would remember what God did. And that, yep. to me, is more important than that property. Yeah.
0: And it's beautiful because that's, see, the, the, he's making a sacrifice to serve this vision. And she's speaking over the vision believing so there's something well, that happens to be his fiance. By i know the way. It's, That's ca- what I'm saying. it's crazy there's yeah. something really unique because they're they're called to be a part of this thing and so you have to speak um into it you have to sow into it many times people break with their words what they're trying to build with their prayers yeah crazy not a good idea but it's encouraging because they're unified they're not even one yet but they're u- they're in unity
2: you know that there, there there are things that i do today that's awesome. That um, I, I I it's not a secret that I went through a really rough, difficult time as a child, especially with yep. the, the religious spirits that I had to deal with in my own family. But the one things I, the one thing that I can say is that my mother showed me generosity, and my mother showed me to have faith. And uh, and I believe that there's things that I do today because of the radical faith that I saw. And their generosity, especially to the missions, that's awesome. Especially to the missions. That's why we have a map behind you right now.
0: That's beautiful. I love maps. Yeah,
2: <laughs> there's there's three things that a pastor has in his office: a map, an eagle, and uh, a bottle of oil. <laughs> 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 right? That's there's classic. always you always find an eagle that's somewhere, classic. or at a prayer at a prayer shawl, maybe some and some <laughs> oh of the shofar, gosh. and uh, Strong's so <laughs> Concordance. Those what are the things it? you'll find <laughs> in pastors' offices. <laughs>
0: yeah that's awesome so it's it's exciting man to see what god is doing with uh this house and and the ministry and the thing is that in our generation god wants to establish a strong and sure testimony for his name like that that was established in our spiritual father's generation in you know the 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 copelands the hagens the people that believed God, Oral Roberts, who built the university. You think of what T is building in Brazil. The Lord wants to do that in our generation. God is always looking for people that actually believe him enough mm. to obey him. Wholeheartedly in real life. You know, people have faith for eternity, but not for tomorrow. That's crazy. In real Ooh, life. Can you repeat that? yeah people have faith for eternity but for not not for tomorrow it's like they trust god with their forever but not with their tomorrow wow people people are are afraid of their tomorrow and they're playing games with their eternity this is a generation that we live in of people yeah it's it's not so i I share with you what i love about christian is that we, we you know we joke around we have fun but listen, we're serious. This is not a game. Yeah, this is people's lives. This is people's eternities. This is people's futures. This is people's family. This is not a game.
2: This is generations.
0: Yeah, this is not a game. So, w- what are? L- let's dive back into globally speaking. What do you see happening? So good. Give me so, some good things so that you're I, saying. I, okay, I, I,
2: I, you, can I share with you some things prophetically? That will be the first time I do this on air. Yep so the lord spoke to me specifically about certain continents about what's coming um as you hear all these ministries here crying out for revival in america america you've had enough revivals um we don't need any more. we need reformation and we did not do what we needed to do with the revivals we had Mm -hmm. and so uh, a new generation has to has to be wiped out and and i believe that we're going to go into a almost what israel went through a 70 years of just like a silence and and you're gonna have to wait and i think that there has to be i don't think i know there's going to be a wipeout there's going to be a reset that has to happen here so as far as you crying out for revival america uh good luck uh what i see happening is even what's going on in china and iran uh it's unbelievable how The kingdom of God is moving forward in in the middle of of these oppressive nations. Even in Afghanistan, there is such a revival happening. That's a real revival. And so what I see happening in South America specifically is Brazil, you have about 10 years left. You have about 10 years left. Of what's happening latin america you have about 10 years left of what of that nice boom that you're going through that nice uh, you know the feelings that's going on yep. people falling out and all the glory it's beautiful everyone's excited it's it's coming to an end there's going to be a shakening that's going to happen in the governments. i i see russia and china pour, pouring their 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 heart and finances into these nations and they're going to take a lot of america's influence away and so there's going to be a, a a great socialist movement happening in South America. I actually, the Lord spoke to me about about China and Russia, but specifically, actually, China putting people. Uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna put necessarily Chinese people in front of these nations, but they're gonna put people who have sold their soul to that government. And they're gonna you're gonna see a very big change happening in South America. Now, as far as movement in the Kingdom of God. There's going to be uh, an awakening in Europe, and there's going to be an awakening in in Asia. Something amazing is going to happen there. Put your eyes on Asia. Put your eyes on Europe. There will will be something interesting happening in even the nations of Europe where you're going to see conservative leadership move forward. And what's happening in Europe will eventually come back to America. But what you're seeing, what you're going to see in Europe is just going to be a cry out and people are going to say, we have to do something. I actually find it interesting that why this is happening in Europe. One of the things that you see in Europe now is that Europe invited over the last 25 to 30 years, even the last um, a lot of South Native Americans and a lot of Asians to move into Europe. And so now you start to see the difference. Why is this happening? Listen to this. One of the things that Asians do well, oh, specific Asians, of course, we want to you know, specifically speak is that they actually hold family values the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So do South Americans. So, so, so do South Americans and Central yeah. Americans. Family is important. You know where that comes from? Those are kingdom principles. America lost kingdom principles. America doesn't take care of the orphans, the widows. But Asians do south americans do and so these principles are going to bring blessings to the places where there are so this is why i see something amazing happening in europe and in asia yeah so
0: so i won't does that uh, make sense yeah i hear you i so there's things that you know i I have opinions but there's something that I, i agree with that the lord really spoke to me really clear and he said the future is asia yeah, I see it. It was like, whoa, like what well, the heck what bro, does that mean? If you and look so, at it,
2: where is America in the end times? Where is America's America? not in the Bible. I'm it's sorry. not in the Bible. Why? So you know what that makes me? <laughs> I'm well, sorry. Do you know, you know what that makes you know. Do you know what? No, I don't care what Perry Stone says. Do you know what? Do you know why? <laughs> do you know why we're not in the Bible? Because we're not going to make it. We're not going to make it. America is is just is, is it's not important.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> so let me ask you a question about that. So let's say globally we see revival moving in these other continents, Asia, South America, Europe, and you're suggesting America might go through this like reset. So it has to, to. What are kingdom folk here supposed to do during that time? How do we participate when we see that going on over there? What do we do here? Like, What are your thoughts on that? Jeremiah chapter 29. Build houses in the middle of Babylon. That's what you're supposed to do.
2: You need to dwell. In the, midst, in the midst of all the pain, in the midst of all the persecution you're gonna go to. See, we really need to refocus where our citizenship is coming from. We need to, we need to build houses in Babylon. That's what we need to do. And, uh, and we need to just wait. There, there has to be a waiting period. It's just, hey, if you're kingdom, mm-hmm. you're gonna be okay. If you're generous, you're gonna be okay. If you are discipling people, you're gonna be okay. But if you're the wishy-washy Christian, who's trying to listen to a preacher on Sunday and looking to to listen to a good worship set, you're going to have a really hard time.
0: Yeah, if you're not resolute in your in your convictions moving forward, you, your Christianity is going to be cast to the wayside. You're, you're not... If you're not serious, you, then you're not... You know, you're not going to be able to stand. Th- this now, is- I personally don't have... Like, I don't have the same... Because I, I don't know what he has a view about with end time. But i don't i we don't i don't know but i i think I, that i'm not rapture ready yeah i'm not into the rap the word rapture is not in the bible but what i want to say um to this situation to what we're talking about is that the kingdom is increasing no matter what so that is historically and globally true it, it's not like even if you look historically at nations that persecute the church Within one to 200 years, those nations fall apart. So as long as Christians in America are Christian first, we're good. If you're American first, if you're Korean first, if you're Italian first, if you're black first, if you're a Democrat first, if you're a Republican first, it's not going to work. Christianity only works when Jesus is first. And I think that that is the, the most important thing that needs to be communicated as it relates to moving forward, like God is going to be first in our life so that when everything shakes, we don't. We have received a kingdom that doesn't shake. So we are the ones who are supposed to be leading during turbulent times. We are the people that the world is supposed to look to and say, wow, I see solid, I see a solid guy. The world is full of you know, anxious, afraid people, they're not. The world is full of depressed people. Um, These people have joy. The the world is holding on because they're afraid. These people are radically generous. That is the testimony of the Lord that we are living in an opposite spirit of the world around us.
2: You know, know, this is basic, dude. What is one of the most famous misused verses in scripture when somebody wants to talk about God's plans for your life?
0: jeremiah
2: 29 what does it say
0: Eleven. <laughs> i it? have plans to prosper you says the lord
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you see that they put it on cards they put it on birthday cards they put it on
0: cute little plaques in their bathroom
2: oh it makes me sick you don't read the verses before and i want to read that now yeah and this is the answer dk what you were saying it says in ver- jeremiah 29 verse 4 this is what the lord almighty the god of israel says to all those who i carried into exile who carried them? god why he wanted to wipe out a mentality. That's what it was. He wanted to save a nation, but he wanted to wipe out a spirit. And he says, build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I've carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers you, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners. Mm -hmm. Did he notice that he said the prophets? Who are the prophets? Who the prophets belong to? They're God's employees. He said, Don't let the people who come in my name try to tell you what's happening here. Trump's coming back. Trump's coming back. You know why they want Trump back? Because they want their economy safe. Yep. Because they want their church on Sundays not to be persecuted. Because they want they they they, they want their comfort. Yeah, I want him back too. I like Trump. I, I did too. He was it was easier.
0: But guess what? <laughs> but I have more work to do now and and for and, me i don't i don't really feel like who's in the white house changes my mission no because the king is still the king you know
2: and so it says it says don't let them fool you don't let them deceive you do not listen
0: to the dreams you encourage them to have <laughs> does that make sense do you want to have a rally pray for the peace of babylon because <laughs> you know they always have the jerusalem one they, oh. everyone wears yarmulkes Christians no. wearing yarmulkes no, i love
2: it when they bring their flags and they bring it to the to the to, to the courtyards outside and they, they're shofars and they're saying, Jesus, come and move in this city. Honey, you are the movement that Jesus wants to, to to bring and you're over here waiting for him. What do you want him to do? You want him to come down on a white horse? He's coming. He's coming. But he's going to say to you, listen, you're an idiot. I've called you to preach the gospel and you're over here singing kumbaya songs and woeing and, and 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 shaking and shivering when you're the movement. Are, it says... This is what the Lord says: When seventy years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring bring you back to this place. So I want you to go through a seventy-year period where you're going to be wiped out and cleaned out, and and your mentality is going to change. And then I, and then I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. But that's not the pros, the prosper the the moments of prospering is not going to come until the seventy years are over. So stop fighting for for what you want and start asking God. What is it that you want to do in the middle of all the persecution?
0: And let's, let's dive into that passage and take it to its root, where, where it finds its, eventually its fulfillment. Daniel begins to pray. Because yep. Jeremiah was a prophet and Daniel was a little boy. So now Daniel's in Babylon, he begins to pray, begins to seek the Lord 21 days, the angel breaks through. And uh, the Lord is like, basically, um, it's not gonna be 70 years, it's gonna be 70 times seven so he went from like bad to worse and you know the the thing there the principle there it's the same with the children of israel they turned about an eight day journey into 40 years because of their rebellion because they came out of egypt but egypt didn't come out of them and they died in the wilderness and their leader died in the wilderness overlooking what god had promised them but they couldn't enter in you want to know why their leader died in the wilderness because the voice of the people became greater than the voice of God, and also he never dealt with his issues. He had an anger issue. It cost him his house in Egypt, and it cost him his house in the Promised Land. Ooh. If you don't deal with your internal stuff, it's going to deal with you. It's going to curse your
2: future. So that means that there, there's so many of us that are called, and we have the anointing to go, but we may not make it.
0: We we got to deal with the internal this is interesting. stuff. Interesting. So, it's a priority. Like people always. So put- that free
2: will is is it's true, right? So yeah, it's, it's not like God's up there choosing everything for us, right?
0: The Almighty Manipulator. You know, right, no, know. that's not Him. <laughs> Sorry, God. God is in
2: control. Sorry,
0: before God group. gave you a choice. But anyway, and he's you're going to have to give an account for that choice. So He is oh, in charge. That's scary. He is in charge. He, Dude, but He's not the Almighty can, can, Manipulator. Can
2: I, can I ask you a question? Are you not freaked out about the day we go to heaven and He starts asking us what we did with everything? That, like, especially as a pastor, like, people don't understand how real that is. Like, what did you do with this community? Uh. You're like, it's real. We had conferences. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we offered cake-ups yeah. on t- Sundays at 10 a.m.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it, there is a level of urgency and sobriety that needs to be... The, the pulpits need to be gripped once again. Um, Finney said that as the pulpit, so goes the nation. And so when you when you look at people... You know, in America, people are obsessed with like, you know, the pedophiles in Washington, D.C. getting exposed. Do you know how many pedophiles there are in the church, in the pulpit? So we're like, they're going to expose Washington, D.C. I saw it on the internet. Yeah, they're going to. And it's true. And it's sick. But the church is full of wickedness, perversion. We tolerate Jezebel. We, we, we need to repent. Judgment starts at the house of God. The, the first people that get struck in the book of Acts, they leave Peter's revival meeting in body bags because they were pretending to be all in and they weren't. Yeah, it wasn't about the money. It was about the heart. No, it was about the pretending that they gave everything when they didn't. God does not like hypocrisy, especially when something is at its foundation level. So, the church is being formed. So, the foundation has to be solid. So, God has to immediately remove that. So, a- anyway, I, I, um, I think that we should be hopeful and not just give up. And we should contend for the faith. Well, well you, you called me a
2: prophet, and that's what we do. We do the whole hammer and fire and bring it down. You yeah. Know? So,
0: so yeah, that's good.
2: That, that's, that's, I mean, I'm, I have to scare people, it's my job.
0: That's okay. But but I'm I what, what I think I'm just kidding. What, I'm hopeful. Well, it's fine. I'm hopeful. What I what I think with that, one of the things that we have to know about God is that the heart of God is like He's a father, and when I tell my kid, listen, man, you better watch out. It's because I it's because I don't want to punish them. It's not like prophecy is not like the I told you so of God, you know. And I want to just give you a miserable time. He warns us so that we'll turn, so that we'll repent. And I think, I think that that is, if it doesn't change in the pulpit, it will never change in the pew. That, that to me, you know, is the real, real issue that if there is no fear of the Lord in the pulpit, if there is the fear of man in the pulpit, what will be in the pew? That, to me, at, at, this very, at the very heart of this issue, to me, is, is the people who are supposed to be ambassadors, but they're operating like diplomats. Whoa, can
2: you go into details? Can you go into details,
0: please? Yeah, a diplomat is, is someone that plays nice, shakes hands, and takes pictures. An ambassador is like, listen, I'm coming from a kingdom. I come to represent the interests of that kingdom first. I don't care how you feel about it. I don't care. This is not a photo op. And we, we, you know, they need to hear the word of the Lord. This is not about a photo op. Like, this is not about, like, who can I take a picture with so I look, you know, more influential. This is like this poor person has no insight, no wisdom, no revelation and no solution. And when you hear the politicians talk, no, they have nothing. So it's not about me going standing there looking cute with them, so more people follow me on Instagram. It's about them hearing the word of the Lord. That's what that's what is necessary. And so basically, we're talking about two operating systems. We're talking about the house that equips, and it's and it's rooted in the fear of the Lord and the sense of responsibility. Or you're talking about the fear of man, which is about entertainment. So we never think about, how does Jesus feel about this service? We're like, we got to make it shorter. It's got to be light and sweet like the coffee. It's gotta, and that is not producing disciples. And, and I'm not against you know, people being influential or wealthy, but the whole celebrity culture has done more to destroy the church. That in our own immorality has made our testimony look like a joke. And the historical thing, here's, here's the thing that I want to say, because I, I can't listen to what Christian said and say, oh, God told me that, and I agree. So I have to process it before I even know I agree with it. So I'm not going to argue with him or say I 100% agree or I don't, because I, 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 I'm hearing that. I, I heard the, the witness of the Spirit for Asia. I really I am really, on that. I think that America is really playing with its future, and it's very scary because it will affect our children and our way of life. I also think that we're gonna have an ability to actually walk out our convictions and not just talk about it. So that's that's a good thing. But the thing that is historically sobering, very sobering for people who know history, is Jesus said to the church at Ephesus, if you don't repent, I will remove the lampstand. And this is challenging and this is scary because modern day Turkey is like 99% Muslim, okay? What happened? The lampstand was removed wherever the lampstand is removed. You see Islam becoming dominant. You, You look at Europe, the amount of Muslims, the amount of what used to be a church is now a mosque, the, that is, that is a, that is a serious thing. Muslims also. Um, you know, they have seven to eight kids. Christians have none. One, two.
2: They say we have 1.5.
0: Yeah, 1.5. And so, and I'm not saying like, if you don't have 12 kids, you're a bad Christian. I'm just saying they will democratically, with no violence, just outvote people. And that is is because they have a worldview of dominance. We have a worldview of we want to fly away. I mean, this is crazy. But my point, ultimately what I'm saying with Ephesus, with the lampstand being removed is that God would rather not be represented than misrepresented.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. yes,
0: yes. So that that to me, like, when I hear what he's saying, that to me sits inside a historical, we are really, really playing games. And it's like our children and their children are going to pay our debts Adam, and that's no good that's Adam, the
2: opposite of inheritance i i remember about two or three years ago right actually a year before the pandemic i was in my room and um my prayer room i'm very jealous with my prayer room like i'm like one of the, that's the one thing i could be a little weird with prophetic like nobody steps foot into my prayer room <laughs> um and i was i was praying and i heard the i heard the lord ask me he goes would you be willing to speak what no other prophets want to speak would you be willing to say what's not going to make you famous? Would you be willing to say, well, that w- what will not get you the checks so or will not open doors for you? And I said, what is it that you want me to say? And um, a lot of things that I'm starting to share now are those things, and it's scary. Uh, it scares me, but it also excites me. And I feel that our children will will, will have to see us repent in order for us to see a move happening in this nation. Our children have to see us repent. You see, you and I both stand in the same generation. We're both millennials.
0: Yeah, we're the oldest of millennials. We're the oldest of millennials. The varsity millennials.
2: And, um, and I think we're looking at things that our parents did and we're questioning a lot of them. We're the, actually, we're the first generation to question parents. You notice the boomers did not dare to speak to their parents the way we do. We're not trying to be dishonorable and disrespectful, but we're trying to say, hey, what's going on here? Gen Z, they look at they look at the, the older generation and they don't even want to hear them. Yep, we're the first generation to yep. actually start. We're a bridge. We're a bridge. We're the first gen. We are the 1st generation we will not dare to do what Gen Z does, but we're the first generation to say, "I don't know about that." Every other generation was passed something on, and they just believe whatever their parents told yep. them. Yep, you know why we're the first generation? Because we we actually have we can get information in our hands. We don't just receive information; we question information. Mm-hmm. We're very different. But we still hold on to values that the next generation doesn't, which is honor. And so we have a responsibility to pass on to the next generation and to try to fix what was done wrong. And I think that we stand in a very interesting place right
1: now. And the future is in our hands. So, what are some things that excite you about this time? Like, what are you seeing? Exciting things that the reset is happening. I'm starting to see it. It's happening. People
2: are questioning. People are leaving. People are rebelling. Is that a word? Rebe- yeah, they're becoming rebellious. Yeah. Um, sorry, I speak in like two different languages, so I have to question the things that I can say. Um, people are, are coming against what has been taught, and you're starting to see churches like Rescue stand up and say we're not going to be... Uh, cookie cutter christianity lukewarm church Mm -hmm. we don't care about the numbers we care about honoring the scriptures the lord so yeah
0: i I think the thing there's more
2: churches like like ours than we
0: think that are rising up yep you know compromise makes us lukewarm lukewarm gets spit out lukewarm is not refreshing it's not soothing it just serves no purpose and I think that when a church is somewhere, um, you know, Garfield, West New York, the city and the people in the city should be better off because we're there. Yeah. So I think one of the things that we've got to ask ourselves as it relates to discipleship, we've got to remember what did Jesus do? Discipleship was in the context of advancing the gospel so who's better off because we're there like there's some churches that if you remove them from the city the city would not know that they're gone because they've never been there and part of that too i think we have to because it's easy to be critical of churches but i think part of that also too is has to do with zoning because when When, you know, if you look and you go to old cities like Newark, Patterson, you see like four churches on four different corners. What that meant was... No,
2: four churches on one corner. (laughs) And then three of them in one building.
0: Yeah. and (laughs) Because they rent from each other. Yes. But before that, like when you go like old school denominations, AME, Methodist, different things, that meant that at, at one time, God was moving people were interested coming and giving because you don't buy buildings without giving. Mm-mm. So all that stuff was, God was, was, was moving, and, and, and so that was a good thing. But what happens is after that error, it's very difficult now to put a church in the center of a city. Zoning won't allow that. So what they do is they push you to the outskirts of the city, and they say this. You will have no influence on the life of this city. Go do your church in a warehouse, leave us alone. And then we have no voice in the community because we're not in a community. And so, you know, it's so my point is that there's things that we will have to do intentionally that other generations were able to do organically because of zoning, because of different things. So I think that it's very important that we know the season that we're in and we use. What is at our advantage to be present where people are? One of the things that we need to do is that we need to stop
2: allowing uh, the government to disciple our kids. Yep. We need to take discipleship back because it's not education; it's discipleship. That's what they're doing. They're discipling your children. Yep. Education is a discipleship. Yeah. And we need to take education back, and we also Excellent. need to take. Listen, if there's anything that the Catholic Church did, yep, is they put a school and a hospital everywhere.
0: They were 100 years ahead of the Protestants in that.
2: And now, uh, what are we doing? Okay, Harvard. What was it? Was it Catholic? Christian. Christian, yes. Holy it was Spirit. A Christian. All the yeah. – yeah.
0: let me just say this with what you're saying. All these liberal schools now, they were all birthed in revival and moves of God. So when the testimony of the Lord no longer is there, then this humanistic stuff is coming. Then they're lecturing us from universities that were founded by holy spirit fire and revival and they're lecturing us from these universities
2: so what do you mean so there's a new pastor on the pulpit
0: yeah 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 that's that's for sure trans trans, transgender he doesn't know what he is do
2: you know know why because because there was no elijah to confront jezebel
1: Hmm.
0: yeah
2: because ahab was too busy and, and so a lot of people... It's true. Let, let's, let, let me say this. Um, I actually am not worried about Jezebel. I'm worried about Ahab's. Everyone's worried about Jezebel, but Ahab was the problem. And so, and so was Ahab's father who, who, brought, who brought Jezebel in there. And so I feel that we, we need to really recognize the spirit that is trying to shut the mouth of the church.
0: Yeah. And in that, with that, I really agree that there needs to be holy confrontation in the sense of we cannot tolerate and allow the world to define reality for the church. The church needs to be the conscience and the moral compass of the nation. But when the salt loses its savor, that's dangerous. I mean, that that's that's really what what we're at right now is like in what he says is like, you know, we don't need a revival. We need a reformation. Yeah, it's true because we are so far gone that people don't realize how far gone as a nation we are, and how fast it happened. Yeah, the, the pandemic proliferated perversion, wickedness, fear. A lot of things were radically accelerated, and we have to we have to really understand that. But what I'm hopeful about is one of the things that's amazing about pain, whether it's physical or emotional, it is the notification that lets you know something is wrong. If we can speak to that and actually have, be helpful and have wisdom and supernatural solutions for people, then I think that we'll see a boom, which that's what I'm expecting. You know, I've, I've personally felt the Lord say, get ready so i'm 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 not you know i'm not really worried about the future moving forward see yeah i I believe in the revival but i don't
2: believe in oh people gonna walk out of wheelchairs and they're gonna fall on floors and there's gonna be prophecy and gold's gonna start coming out of hands and oil is gonna start flowing out of the walls i'll take it cute um i think the
0: revival we need is the literal dead church to come back alive we need the fear of the lord like if the lord would say adam i'll do one thing for you i would say baptize my generation in the fear of the lord because honestly i mean it sounds selfish but that make our job a lot easier if there's if there's okay
2: so i want to go around this room if there's one thing you can and i'm not running this podcast but i'm sorry we're here but if there's one thing dk you can have right now from god what would it be i want to ask you all that
1: question one thing yeah just his presence. Okay. But what does that mean? In what sense? I think just on the daily that like like I have knowledge and confirmation that everything's in step with him and he's not away from me. I don't know if that's too vague, but just nope. like yeah. like a dwelling. Like he's just constantly dwelling. I just I just feel like yeah. when I'm
3: Jabez prayed mm-hmm. for that,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. That you would yeah. be with me. Yeah. Yeah.
3: What would you want, Mark? I would have to kind of go off of what he was saying and the first thing that came to my mind when you asked that question was um, authenticity with the Lord. So I I feel like being new to this but um, I feel like having more of an authentic um, just time with being with the Lord and not being so uh, sometimes it's not always but fabricated and based off of the emotions and looking for something but just having that authentic uh, time of worship just knowing that the Lord is there with us and and being with him is something that would really be
0: authenticity something presence authenticity. authenticity what about you i was mm-hmm. waiting for you to go so my, i'm going to be i'm going to say i just said it i'm going to say it again the fear of the lord and now i'm going to say why the fear of the lord is the thing that gives a person discernment the the fear of the lord is the thing that allows my heart to respond to god correctly when i have reverence i'm positioned for revelation in the kingdom everything happens by revelation, I cannot respond to what hasn't been revealed to me. Like, as pastors, we can look at people and just want to just bang our heads against the wall. But the reality is that people cannot respond to revelation they don't have. So, with the fear of the Lord, favor comes, faithfulness comes, finances come, everything. Dude, it's so good. Dude, the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil for example let's say someone has real bondage in their life and i've been there i've done all types of wild stuff the fear of the lord is the power to get free of anything i mean grace jesus so so to me like it sounds selfish but it's like the fear of the lord will cause me to walk before the lord faithfully so good right that's what i want right so good so so to me it's like if 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 the lord could show up like with just a holy ghost wrecking bomb Man, I just say come and wreck the place with the fear of the Lord. Just wreck the place. Like that, like I'm in for that. Like come crashing down on us with heavy weighty presence in the fear of the Lord where people, let me tell you this. When was the last time you saw someone come to the altar and confess sin in the fear of the Lord, broken over their own sin? Now they're like, oh, it's my trauma. It's my this and that. Bro, have you ever considered repenting? I mean, I, I know I sound old school. But have you ever considered that the nasty habit that you have, God sees that? Like, like, have you ever considered that that sin is offensive to God himself because he gave his son? I know that sounds old school. But like that, I I would want that. Yeah. Because all the other things that we want... A result of that
2: yeah bro it's so good because we I honestly I have to agree with you uh, it, it, there's I I was asking you not because I knew the answer I was asking you because I wanted to hear what you had to say and I believe that it was exactly what was lost in the garden the minute that Adam disobeyed God he lost the fear and the honor t- towards the Lord so I agree with you that this is exactly what our generation needs because people don't fear they don't honor him they don't and i i could see, i'm looking at my life and i remember there were things in my life internally that were just so off but i would be scared like just like oh my god like father yeah. forgive me like how can i be like this so yeah. i understand what you're saying
1: we need yeah. to heal our issues with authority to get there too yeah to have a fear of the lord yeah, so I feel like that's the biggest uh, foundation there. Like we, we we don't even have authority that we respect in our lives. How can we even have fear of the Lord? You know, I, I think about
2: the old generation, and the miracles that we used to see back in the day. We don't see anymore because we don't have that fear of God. Remember when people would they didn't need to go through six months of counseling, the Holy Spirit would show up. <laughs> yeah, we cast then, the devil out of you. You're, you're <laughs> done. Like you walk straight. You yeah. don't look like a tootsie roll anymore. Yeah. Like it, it was. It was. It yeah. was different it was different yeah and why do why don't we have that because the we, fear what does the bible say about the fear of the lord a lot it's, it's the of evil yeah. depart
0: from evil beginning of wisdom it's beginning is, of understanding yeah. it's so good so no. uh, can we pray that that's just so yeah. good i mean that's how I, I just say it i got free of stuff like that god's I'm watching free? you yeah
2: bro my mother used to, she yeah. used to say i may not be able to see you but the lord sees you bro i would i would always feel like you are a she would she would make believe. She will go on her knees, and she's like, the Lord told me what you did yesterday. And I'm like, you better shut up, Jesus. Jehovah
0: Nisi, Jehovah Sneaky. Like, no. No, Lord. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, this is important. Mm-hmm. This is essential. This is the thing that leads to longevity, legacy. N- you know, this is really... The fear of the Lord
2: begins by knowing who He is. Yep. You can't be afraid of something you don't know. No. When you start knowing the power, you start knowing who He is. It's so... So important. Yeah. So important. Yeah.
0: You know, the only thing that Jesus said to be afraid of, we refuse to be afraid of. We're afraid of everything else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, be, be, fear the one who can cast your soul in the hell. We're anxious about every other thing, but, but God. Yeah. <laughs> you know, David said, I thought of God and I was troubled. We, we need, listen, if the truth doesn't trouble you, it won't transform you. Like, I don't know if you ever read this, but sometimes you pick the Bible up and it's like Jesus has you taped to the chair, and you're getting gun whipped by the truth. It's like, are you going to respond to this and change, or are you going to keep playing games? See, I think is that
2: our nation, our nation, our generation—sorry, our generation—is so um, based on feelings, feelings, not on truth. Yep. So it's how I feel. Yes. And it's how does it make you feel? That's that's that was indoctrination of our education system. Yeah. yeah everything was about feelings.
0: That's Everything really dangerous. Was
2: about feelings. That's why we, they don't they don't have first, second, and third trophies anymore. It's all participation awards. That was the worst
0: thing. We Which could is do. a mass production of losers. To be honest, everybody wins. No, everybody doesn't win. <laughs> no, it's true. There's one
2: winner. We all clap for him yeah. or her. Yeah, Zoe or says it. that
0: second place is a first loser. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> my daughter.
2: Yo, your, your daughter is your daughter. You know who she is.
0: She reminds she's me of my mom. Your mother with no. blonde hair, scary. Yeah,
2: she's scary. She's mom. brutal.
0: She is. She brutalizes people with her words sometimes. <laughs>
2: she's not. She's not like her mom. She's like her grandma. Yeah, she's tough. You know, she's like your your your, your her great grandmother. She's like your grandmother, <laughs> bro. You remember your grandma? She's Just, too wild. Your grandmother. Your grandmothers. Your
0: grandmothers. <laughs> one was dignified. The other one was. <laughs> no. One was Bergen County. Other one was Essex County. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, had the, I had the opportunity to meet his grandmothers, yeah. and um, one of them, when I walked into the house, she had a fair choice of warts. Uh, yeah, She's,
0: wild. she's <laughs> wild! Oh my god! My gosh. dad's mom. Oh she's my god! Wild! Cute woman. Love her. You think, my, if you think
2: that. my dad's wild? She's oh man! She's next. How can level. you do? Can, before we go, can you do a good impersonation of your dad? How would he talk about what's going on right now? Hey, buddy. Yeah, man, it's not good.
0: It's not good. We're going down. We're it's going lot, down. There's a lot of confusion. Yeah. <laughs> You don't know if they want to be a man or a woman. We don't know what they are. <laughs> so yeah, Here's, that's here's a question for the,
1: for the pastors. Pastoral question. So someone listening here is like, man, I don't think I fear the Lord, but they want to, they want to gain that for themselves. Like, What are some practical things that you recommend for them to get to know who he is? Because you, if you know his power,
2: see, it's not a fear of being afraid. It's a fear of reverence and honor. When you walk before a king and you know that that king has authority over your over your life, when you know that that king has an opportunity to put you somewhere for the rest of your life, you know what? No, let's go. Let's let's bring it to America. When you walk in front of a judge, you're not gonna, and that judge can determine whether you're gonna pay a lot of money, or you're gonna go to jail. You're shaking. You got someone to like look at you like, okay, no, you better act right. It's that it's that reverence and that honor. Yeah.
0: yeah, Adam. Yeah, practically speaking, we live in a generation where everything is accessible. I would say take your bible app and write fear of the lord and and literally go over every scripture where the fear of the lord or the fear of god is in the bible and begin to interact with scripture and in a place of humility say lord teach me the fear of the lord because the fear of the lord is a choice it's not a feeling and this is this is like one of the one of the things that i pray this is practical I'll say, Lord, I receive your love today, and today I choose the fear of the Lord. Mm. Today, Lord, I thank you that I am surrounded by favor like a shield. I thank you that goodness and mercy is following me. You know, you got to pray. You got to get the word in you. You got to get the word in you. um, And you got to just ask God, God, teach me. Teach me about your love. Teach me about your fear. Teach me how to you know respect you and give you the place that you deserve in my life i mean this is simple this is 101 basic christianity absolutely and if
2: you have a hard time with that i got another thing that you can do Hacks on Nordstrom's and uh, they sell these Fear of God shirts. Yeah, that's right. The are essentials. You can wear that and Maybe, no, I'm just kidding.
0: Maybe you'll get an impartation. <laughs> Fire. That <laughs> no, was playing. But anyway.
2: And if you don't want that, you can just buy them for us. Uh, what is your size, Adam? Uh, yeah, I'm an extra large. I'm an extra small. <laughs> that's cute. It's so so we, together, see, we got it covered. <laughs> we'll take
1: everything in between. That's yeah. Right. yeah, yeah, yeah. White
0: Mark
2: will grab it all. You know, he likes We See Jesus' ministry. Um, clothing He likes the merch. Church merch He loves church merch Mark loves He's really saved merch. He's super saved Here's how <laughs> I know
0: Someone is really saved They, they can watch merch. Christian movies Ugh. That is not that's easy
2: the, the Left behind
0: That's not <laughs> One, two, and three <laughs> Kirk, it's not, Kirk Cameron <laughs> That's not easy And then you wear church merch oh, But anyway gosh. We love you Listen Let's, let's pray for the folks yeah. Because it's been People are listening We and, scared them enough Yeah Do you want to pray And then I'll pray
2: Sure Yep yeah. Yeah, Father, in the name of Jesus we come before you. We come before your throne of grace. Lord, recognizing that as much as we fail, we still have you as our as our lawyer, as our father, as our judge, as our king. You are all of that and we have the Holy Spirit as our advocate as well. And so Father, we ask you right now that as those who are hearing what has come out of our mouth that they don't go into a fear that's unholy, but that they would go into a fear that is holy. And Father, I pray that you help us in our unbelief at moments. I pray that you help us with the areas in our lives that are unsurrendered to you and that we can use this moment as an awakening to go back to the original plan, which is to seek your face. Lord, and I pray that in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Lord, I just pray that the spirit of the fear of the Lord would come upon the listeners And that their heart would respond to you correctly. And they would have discernment and that they would move forward in the plans that you have for their life in Jesus name.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I just sense that uh, someone is watching or listening to this right now and you're automatically thinking that this is for somebody else, that this is for you. You need to take this for yourself. Stop deflecting and thinking, oh, I want to send this to this person so they can hear this. No, no, this is yours. You you keep on deflecting the areas of your life that you don't want to deal with. And you position yourself in a place of leadership when you actually need to put yourself as a servant right now. And You need to stop being... Um, You need to stop being mary and you and and and, you know martha at moments was she was doing things wrong but jesus was the one who had to confront her not mary and so i need you right now to take what was said and not worry about what martha's doing you need to right now allow jesus to speak to your heart speak to your mind and deal with it this is not
1: for someone else this is for you today boom Thank you, uh, Pastor Christian and Mark for inviting us to No, your no, home. no, White Mark, Prophet Allen. White Alan. Mark, <laughs> Prophet <laughs> Allen, White Mark. <laughs> but before we sign off, you want to share a little bit about you know your ministry here? You know, yeah. for anyone that might be in the area? Um, yep, yeah, I belong to a church called the Rescue
2: Church no, in West New York. <laughs> don't say that. Um, if you're listening right now, and you're from New Jersey, Rescue Church is the church you want to be in. (laughs) It's It's an amazing church. Um, I'm not joking. It's an amazing church. My name is Christian. Now, if you know someone who um, lives in the Garfield area, we're here at 319 Passaic Street in Garfield, New Jersey. 10 a.m. in English, 1230 in Espanol, and very soon next year we'll be in Jersey City. So um, that's what's happening, and until the Lord brings us elsewhere.
0: Powerful. Awesome. Thanks for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for
2: listening. Mark, say something. Thank you, guys. And thank you White also to Margarita who's here thank you, Margarita. helping us out. Yes. Thank you, Margarita. Thank you, Margarita. Awesome.
0: Adam Levecchi here. On behalf of DK, Kim, and I, we want to thank you for listening to the Be Transformed podcast. If you have found this helpful, please subscribe, share, and review the podcast. Thanks again for listening to Be Transformed.